Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Ryan Wilder and the CW's hit show Palmer. And with me, as always, Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, well, that is good. How is your TV watching been this week? Um, well, I'm winning in some places and losing in others, so... Kind of an even keel right now. Okay, okay. Well, let's see which side of the uh, of the coin Batwoman this week falls on, because um, it was an episode for for one between before three week break. Yep, it was, and um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It pissed me off. Aw, is it because? Is it because uh, Ryan didn't end up with Amani? Uh, no, we'll discuss what specifically pissed me off when we get there. But the fact that we have to wait three weeks pisses me off, which I did not realize <laughs> until I saw the promo. By the way, <laughs> like that's just yeah, that's whoever, rude. Whoever thought like three <laughs> weeks was a good idea, I want names, people. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this episode entitled "And Justice for All." All right. So we start kind of where we ended up last episode with Cersei and Alice looking over her new face, and Alice realizing that she is Kate, and is trying to tell her she is Kate. And Cersei's like, no, you're you're wrong. I'm Cersei. I the love the face. fact that this this was a direct pickup. Was this the first direct pickup that we've ever had? No, we've had a couple. In fact, we've had a couple this season. Because this was the first one that I could really remember, and I I love when shows do that. So it really stuck out for me. <laughs> because it because it's easy to remember like how much time has passed because you know it's like none. <laughs> True, but it also it also whenever things. Whenever there's a direct pickup, um, it always it it always comes at, a, at an important moment. Yeah. And this was a pivotal moment. Yeah. As Alice is trying to tell Cersei she is Kate and their sisters and their twins, and Cersei thinks um, Alice is crazier than what she is, um, there are moments that there are moments that um, you can see like. You can see Cersei not necessarily believing her, but also like moments of hesitation in her assertion that she is Cersei. I think Wallace plays this. I think Wallace plays this really well. Like she feels that there's something not quite wrong about what Alice is saying, but she, like, her brain is telling her otherwise. Like she's she has the memories of Cersei. Right. She doesn't have her, the memories of Kate. I think her heart can sense that what Alice is saying is the truth, but her brain is trying to override her heart and she doesn't quite know where, where to land. She's very confused. Yeah. She, and I would almost go ahead. I said she has supposed facts that prove what Alice is saying is wrong, but there's something that she feels and she felt it when she looked at her. 
even a, uh, even yeah. a, uh, last week. And so it's kind of like she's trying to figure out which which is the truth. Yeah, uh, it's not a it's not a great um, equation, but I would almost equate it to like watching like not being in, but watching say a horror movie when you think something is gonna jump out, like someone's like walking around the their house at night. And you're like, well, here comes the killer or the ghost, and it just like it just keeps going and nothing happens. That like that kind of seems like what what we see in Cersei's reaction. Like she want like she almost seems to recognize Alice, but then she doesn't. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like it's almost like a card that's almost gonna start and turn over, but then doesn't. Yeah, it's it's very subtle like facial looks that Wallace gives. And I think really do a lot to kind of drive home what's going on without having to, without drive, having without to like have to hit us over the head with the dialogue. And I love it exactly. so much when an actor can bring subtlety into a performance that can express things that you don't need words for. I love it when we get treated like we are smart because we are smart. Right. So from there, uh, so. Uh, Sionis comes down the stairs with the concealer that Alice made him go fetch at the end of last episode, and he drops it, having you know seeing Cersei, and he's happy that his you know he has his in his mind his daughter back. That he tells Alice, you know, you've earned your freedom, you can go. And Alice is like, you know what? I think I should stay. Like I, you know, you don't want her to prune. You know, I can, I can. <laughs> I can fix that. And he's like, uh, I, I own a cosmetic business. I think I got this handled. And, of course, he threatens to cut out her tongue uh, if she says anything. Which so, I said she doesn't say anything. She goes right into action, which we'll get to later. <laughs> <laughs> so her, so Sionis' men show her out. And we go over to uh, a snakebite drug deal happening. Uh, with the buyer noticing that the that the drug looks different, it looks blue, where before it was yellow and red. Yeah. Yellow and green. No, he said yellow and red. Yellow and which red. I, which I could which swear makes green, by, right? I think it makes orange actually. Um, okay. But I could swear Snakebite was green. So when he said that, I was very confused. Um, I honestly. I definitely remember the red. Uh, I think the other one is one of those, like, it's, like, technically yellow, but it's, it's like, uh, it, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like the, so, like, remember Bob, remember Bob Ross? Yes. You know, like, he would have, like, ogre yellow, and, like, he would have, like, three different yellows, and only one looked actually yellow. Yeah. It's it's kind of like that. Like it's it's technically a yellow, but in the eye of the beholder, you could be like that looks a little bit more of a different color to me. But one thing we do know, it wasn't blue. No, it wasn't. And so, so the false face guy is like the cook's trying out a new you know a new mixture, or he changed it up. Shut your face and <laughs> shut your face, junkie. Just give me the money. And as this is going on, Batwoman shows up, grapples grapples the dealer to the ground. The 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 buyer starts taking off 
Batman knocks out the dealer and goes after the buyer, chases him down to a church. When she opens the door, uh, there is a lady having a bit of a snack up, mm. up at the front altar. Yeah, and the person she gross. is snacking on may or may not be the uh, the buyer. This was a little gross because apparently Gotham, I mean, Batwoman decided to become the Walking Dead this week. Uh, Nope, they're just in Florida. Snakebite is now (laughs) death salts. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, hey, do you know how to make this? How do you make the snakebite? And he's like, I know how to make bath salts. It's got to be about the same thing, right? (laughs) But it, it wasn't until Ryan, like, decided not where batwoman i should say since she was batwoman at the moment i didn't realize they were in a church at first until she didn't curse because she was about oh to say that kick. was that was at the end yeah yeah that was that was the end scene when they're fighting in the church and she does that that's that is that is a little bit funny yes <laughs> i thought okay is, I, I thought it happened i thought it happened earlier no, no, that's when she's that's when she's fighting like the horde of them. And it's funny because it's what you do in church. Like, like I don't go to church that often anymore. Like Me I either. I grew up in a I grew up in a Catholic house. I went to Catholic um grammar school and middle school. So like I, you know, I went through I went through my first communion, I went through uh confirmation and all that because it was pretty much like my mother would make would make us go to church every Sunday until we hit confirmation. Once we were confirmed, we were free to do with you know what we wanted. And because I was forced to go, I like I was like I I don't want to do this anymore. Like I had to go to church every week and then sometimes you know twice a week if I if there was a random holiday a random, or like, yep. holiday or like Saint Day or whatever. So. You know, I I stopped going, but like when I go, like I go back into that Catholic mode. Like as I like when I'm walking down the center aisle before I get into the pew, like I'll I'll kneel down and and do the and sign cross of the cross. Myself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, when I enter the church, I I instinctively put my finger into the into the water and bless into myself the on the water. way in. Yep. Yep. I did, Just, I did the same thing. Yep, it's what you do, like, when you're in a church, like, it's... <laughs> and you automatically censor yourself. It's just, it's a thing. Yeah, it, yep, it's what you do. So from there, we have a small, we have a small um, Rachel Maddow monologue talking about what we just saw, how it's the thing that's going on in Gotham and not necessarily just um, that one instance. Because I always like how she's like... Well, this happened to Batwoman last night, and there was only two people there. There was the zombie and Batwoman, and I don't think Batwoman's calling up Rachel Maddow. I'm sorry, it's Vesper. Like I know it's, I know she's not Rachel Maddow, but no, but I've always, I always call her Rachel Maddow too, so it's fine. It's because she's used so infrequently this season that you just hear her, you're like, it's Rachel Maddow. Like they're watching CN, they're watching MSNBC or something. Uh, so. So after that, we um, wow, what happened? I just totally blanked on on the next scene. Uh, so did I. I was having. A I'm lot of I'm rewinding. Just give me one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was having a lot of technical difficulties watching this episode. So I was like, there are some scenes that I had to see like four times because like the thing kept 
stopping and starting. So it kept restarting certain scenes four times and other things I just kind of, so I don't quite remember every scene. Trying right. to think. Do we go right? Do we so, go right into the yeah, fundraiser we for go, me? Yeah, we go. We go right to the holdup where there's a where they're having a uh, fundraiser for the community center. Uh, Amani is there making it rain other people's money. She's she got somebody to donate, you know, money toward a computer lab. She got somebody to donate a basketball court. She was trying to get a tennis court. Uh, Luke comes over to Ryan, who's tending bar with the with his phone out, and he's like, and he's like, you see this? And she's like, yep, I'm never eating spaghetti again. <laughs> and and he's like, oh no, this was at uh, this was at another place. And she was like, there's more than one in the city. Oh well, let, let the let the GCPD deal with it. I'm here doing other stuff. Uh, Ani comes up and is like, hey Luke, how's your mom? And oh. It's oh, always yeah, this it's hilarious. always good like when Luke it's always good when Luke doesn't know what's going on or when he's surprised with something like he blinks really fast like three times kind of like a computer trying to load and he's like I'll you know, what and Armani's like your mother Ryan oh, said yes, you had to bring Ryan, her, she had to bring you to your yeah, office Ryan and Ryan's like, like because oh, she yeah. hurt her foot and Ryan looks like oh yeah and uh, I loved this like when a he walked away, Luke is like, you've got to get better with lying. Yeah, so does it Luke. Like, that's the pot calling the kettle black, Luke. That's <laughs> but you like, suck at lying yourself. Also, as you just, Luke, as we just found out, because you're like, ah, she had a hangnail on her toe. But, like, also, <laughs> Luke needs to be looped in if he's going to be her lie. And she didn't loop him in. She just kind of said, and... Well, because she didn't know Amani was just going to show up and be like, hey, Luke, how's your mom? Like, right, but like I, I understand. Like she should have told Luke. Usually, like she should have shot him a text and been like, "Look, I had to cancel on Amani. You are my cover story. So if it, like if you hear anything, just go with it. Like, right. It's but, 2021. Like, you can text. Let's be honest. Time. Let's be honest. Like she could have told Luke a month ago, and Luke still would have been bad at lying. Like it was. But yeah, I just, I mean. They both need to get better at lying, especially since they have the whole secret identity thing. Yes. We go outside and a little bit down the street with another with another buyer of snake bite, noticing that it's a different color and plunges it into his leg and instantly becomes instantly becomes a cat zombie. His his eyes go into like a cat like cat like pupil and he like starts tearing into a chocolate bar he has he has on him uh before that he pulls over he pulls over on the street to inject himself as a cop comes up to his door and is like hey you're in front of a fire hydrant and the cop just kind of continues walking off as he is walking into the holdout where the fundraiser is going on the holdout where there's a fundraiser going on and he's like, "Hey, we've had some complaints with, we've had some complaints with uh, noise the complaints. volume. Yeah, we had noise complaints." And Amani's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. This is a, you know a fundraiser." And Ryan comes over to figure out what's going on. And Ryan's like, "Well, we're a bar. We're allowed to be open." And he's like, "No, because she just said this is a fundraiser." And Luke <sighs> comes over to try and 
Luke comes over to try and de-escalate it. Luke's like, sorry, you know, we'll turn down the music. And Ryan's like, the hell we will. And this was the moment where and, I'm like, Ryan, girl, chill. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I get it. Like, I get her. I I get I her. I get like, her indignation. But part of me is also like, and I don't really know how to word this tactfully, but like, shouldn't she know that she shouldn't get into a cop's face? I mean, she grew up in foster care and like, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, she of all people should know that you don't get in a cop's face. Right. Um, it feels yeah, uncharacteristic and- for her to fight against it, but it also feels like, given her past, she should know better than what she's doing. Yes, I agree. But in her character, like that's it. It's it's what she does, and so it ends up the cop the cop unrightfully goes to put his arm on on Ryan, and she kind of shrugs him off, and it's it's it doesn't start a brawl, but like she kind of shrugs him off and and has some contact with him, and then he. He uh, he grabs her and puts her in cuffs, and then he puts Luke in cuffs, and they get hauled away. And slams him down plate. onto the bar. Like, yes. He was pretty violent yes. with them, and I'm like, what is happening? Well, he was violent. He, he was violent with both of them. Now, you could argue that, like, you could argue Ryan was struggling. But, yeah, Luke was Luke was the more passive, and, like, he, like, he could have been like, all right, you're coming downtown, and Luke probably would have just, like, put out his hands for the cuffs. Um, so, but the unnecessary force on both of them puts him in handcuffs. When we come back from commercial, Sophie is coming into the holdup and the cop is there and he's like, oh, the, you know, the party's over as he's filling out his report. And Sophie, Sophie, uh, notices that he writes down, um, assaulting, uh, noise complaint. Assaulting a police officer and um, capacity violations. Now, whether or not the music was too loud, like I, you know, someone could have complained, and I'm not, um, I'm not saying they did. Like it was obviously a sham to, because you know, just to bust up what was going on. But like capacity violation, like when when you see like the the establishing shot. There is enough room for, like, people to be playing basketball in there. (laughs) But, like, my thing is, like, obviously this – he went in, like, because he also stopped the guy outside of the holdup, too. So, like, was there even a noise complaint or was this guy just bored and looking for a problem? I'm going to say he was bored and looking for a problem or he knew what was going on at the holdup and – and – was going to cause support, a problem. Yeah, and didn't support the fundraiser, so wanted to cause a problem. Because he had no problem letting the white guy who parked in front of a fire hydrant go, but... Right. And, and you know, like I said, someone, you know, because it's during the day, someone could have complained. Like, maybe a neighbor did complain that there was a noise was problem. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying it is either. But even if there was a noise complaint, it doesn't justify what happens. At all. So without knowing, without knowing for a hundred percent, 
you know, either way, the end result should never have happened. Or even, like, the beginning part should never have happened. Like, even if it was a noise complaint, come in and be like, hey, can you turn the music down? Okay. You know, there's, you know. More civil so, ways to have handled that than what he did. Yes. Yes. Like the guy, like the guy parked out in front of the fire hydrant who had a thing of snake bite kind of in full view. Like. Yeah. And he was just fine with it. Just didn't yeah. pretend, either didn't see it or pretended not to see it. I'm not sure which. Yeah. So Sophie, you know, Sophie sees what he's writing down. Sophie's like, well, I'm sure the I'm sure the security cameras will confirm what you're writing in your report. And then she, you know, they have kind of a back and forth and she tells him that she's with the she's with the crows. And he's like, look, leave, you know, leave before before we have to make you. And she's like, I would like to see how that works out for you. We go over to the county lockup with Luke and Ryan Ryan trying to remember Mary's cell phone or clinic, and she's like, who the hell knows people's phone numbers anymore? It's kind of true. Which, she is kind of right. Um, so, so... Also, what kind, has, of, what kind of jail cells have payphones in them? Um, you're right. In Well... Was the phone actually in the jail cell, though, or was it yeah, outside no, it was, the jail cell? Nope, it was in the cell. All right. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I could see if it was, like, on the wall just outside the cell, and she's like, can fit her hand through and, like, bring it through the bars. But, yeah, if it's in the if it's in the actual jail cell, that, that does seem weird. Although, I always like how in these – and I've, I've never been arrested. Um, Neither have so, I. So I don't know if this is actually true, but I always like in these instances, like the phone that they give you for your one, your, your, like your one phone call that's mandated by law is always like a pay phone. Like I don't have quarters on me. Like how do you have the last pay phone in this entire country here? And is this, does Luke also decide, is it later in the, is it the next scene or is it this scene that Luke decides to call the Crow's hotline? And then Sophie it's, shows up. It, it's the scene. He's like, well, let's call the, you know, let's try calling the Crows hotline and see if they can connect us to Sophie. And as Sophie's coming in. She's like, yeah, that's going to go to voicemail. <laughs> and at first I thought she might be there to bail them out. And then I realized, oh, no, she got arrested, too. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure because the way it cut, I wasn't sure if like. The way it cut on her scene, I thought maybe she might have, like, gotten one up on the guy. And then yeah. she showed up, and I was like, uh, oh. For a split second, I thought maybe she was there to save the day, but no. Yeah. Prior to Luke having the idea to call for Sophie, there's a discussion between there's a discussion between Luke and Ryan about what happened. And, you know, Ryan's like, you know... You should have been you should have been there to back me up. And Luke was like, I was I was trying to defuse the situation. And Ryan kind of Ryan kind of insinuates that like diffusion is a is a privilege thing. And and Luke was like, hey, look, I grew up around white people. That doesn't mean that doesn't make me privileged. Like I'm the I'm the same skin color as you do. I have to. You are. I have to face the same problems. He's like, what growing up around them did 
was taught me to keep my head down. Also, too, you could argue that growing up around them, around white people, made him stick out and also made him more of a target, if you really want to think about it. We don't know. We don't know his, like, how his life was, but you're right. Um, So, essentially, you know, he's like, hey, you know, you grew up on the streets and you had a problem with cops. Doesn't mean, you know, just because I grew up in a wealthier area doesn't mean I didn't have the same problems. You know, I'm no, you know, I'm not different from you, even though we come from two different sides of the same street, basically. And, and Ryan kind of, and he's like, you know, can't, he's like, I, I learned not to try in, you know, not to try and really fight against stuff I know I can't win. Um, and Ryan kind of, you know, Ryan kind of fights up a bit, and it's she kind of understands what Luke is saying. Like, like Luke's not pinning the problem on Ryan. Like, they're not in jail because of Ryan. No, but you know, he, they're in jail because that cop was was a racist idiot. Right, and but maybe maybe there could have been a different outcome if if like, Ryan had let Luke make Ryan make like, Ryan see that Luke was trying or, to yeah Luke was trying right. to get the guy to leave so that they wouldn't end up in this situation because he knew that provoking him would om- prov- provoking the cop would only at the very at the at, least, at the very least let them, right at so the, luke at is the like worst, look it could be so much worse yeah luke was like look this was you know it was gonna be it was gonna be the end to the to the fundraiser either way you know maybe by dis- de-escalating it he gets the cop to go away and they just have to shut down but you know it was you know so they kind of they kind of Brian kind of sees what he's saying, and then we had Sophie uh, get led into the jail cell. We go to from there. We go to the guy that was outside of the holdup. Um, Wait, don't we go to Mary now, and Jacob first? Not yet. Not no, because okay. we don't go. We don't go there until a couple scenes. Um, so the guy. I that had um the fire hydrant the guy that had yep the fire hydrant guy the guy who had the crazy cat's eyes shows up and he's looking for he's looking for something to eat and a woman comes and he you know he realizes like he wants to eat her and he's like you need to get away he slam you know he you know he's like you know something's wrong i don't know i don't know what's going on i just want to eat your face off so you need to run and she's kind of terrified and he is able to comport himself a little bit and convinces her and she goes running off after he dents the after he dents the dumpster with his fist we have another cop show up and the cop is like you know hey calm down and the guy's like, you know, I took a hit of snake bite and something's wrong. Cops calling in for backup. He's like, I need medics in the alley. And we have uh, we have a tent standoff between the cop and random drug dealer. And then two zombies come out of nowhere and take out the cop. And the guy goes running off. 
back over to the jail cell, and Sophie's telling them what happened and how she got in there, and Ryan's like, oh, you know, playing the crow card didn't didn't work, and she's like, it's not a card, I am a crow, <laughs> and Ryan's like, well, if you were wearing your uniform, you know, there's no reason for you to be in here, and Sophie's like, well, if you didn't touch the cop, there'd be no reason for him to file assault charges, and Ryan. Ryan thinks, like, in Ryan's mind, it's Sophie again, like, protecting the cop. Like, Well, I don't think that was the right thing for Sophie to say at that moment. I was like, oh, Sophie, that could have been a better way for you to word that. Um, correct. Like, Sophie, Sophie was just over, like, Ryan's. I I get being over Ryan's attitude, but, like, that comment wasn't going to help. Right. that just put Ryan on the defensive and Ryan's like, so you're saying this is my fault? Right. And she's like, no. And Sophie even says, she's like, no, it's not your fault. But either way, it doesn't matter what, whether it is or it isn't, it's what the cop thinks. Then we go over to Alice having a, um, <laughs> another session with Dr. Nigma, And she's, she's not really happy. Because Enigma didn't tell Alice that Kate was alive or that she had brainwashed her. And we come into the scene of Alice kind of like reprimanding Enigma and like, you know, I'm going to have to find a new psychiatrist. I don't think this is working. Obviously, you don't care about my mental health. And as the camera keeps slowly panning out, we finally see Enigma is strapped to the ceiling by her hands. This is literally my favorite part of the entire episode. I was it on was the one floor. of the. <laughs> it was definitely one of the better reveals. I was like camera reveals. I expected her to be maybe dead in a chair or like what? I thought for a hot second she might have been dead, but then I was like, no, I was she's trying. I was really kind of hoping, like after we saw, like not necessarily saw Nigma like hanging, like. Like, if Enigma was just behind her desk, like, I was hoping the camera would keep panning, and that guy that she killed, like, th- four episodes ago would still be there. I was expecting to see it, too. I was like, wait, because it's still the same day, isn't it? Like, or, well. Oh, no. No, but... oh, no, no. It's, it's, at least, it's at least a different day. It's, like, two days after. But still, yeah, it's, like, I would imagine, like, that's the first time she's been back in her in her office since then. So like I I could imagine Enigma coming in and just seeing the guy still there. No one taking him out and no one calling the cops apparently because no one's ever asked anybody about the dead the dead corpse inside of Enigma's office. Like that was one that was one of the best reveals and it's so classic Alice. So Enigma tells her, like, look, I couldn't tell you about Kate because if I did, Black Mask would have killed me and then she tells her, like, hey, look um, I, you know, and, you know, I can help you try and break her out, but unlike, you know, because Alice is like, you know, I just brushed Ocean's arm and I had all these memories coming back. She's like, look, I had to break her psyche down. We gave her, you know, we had days upon days of uninterrupted sessions and I, I had to put another subcon- personality. Yeah. She's like, I shattered her subconscious into a thousand pieces. All I did was erase was erase ocean from your subconscious. What I did to her was a lot deeper. Right. 
So she's like, look, find something that has a real personal connection to her and then come back. And Alice is like, fine, you can live for now. I love that she didn't untie her, though. She kind of left her, literally left her hanging there. I mean, we don't know that. Like, we don't see Alice leave. We only know that because we've seen the rest of the episode. We go from there. We finally go to Mary's super legitimate medical facility. And she has Jacob there still on a stretcher. And he's like, you know, he's asking her if all this is necessary. And she's like, you are 11 chest compressions away from totally flatlining. Yes, I'm keeping you a couple days for observation. And then she asks, you know, you know, what's going on? And he tells her about the he tells her about the false face guy that showed up uh, in the backseat of his car because of the horrible uh, security in their parking garage at the Crow headquarters. And she's like, look, I counted 11 track didn't she say, marks. Didn't she say 16, 16. track marks? Yeah. She was like, I counted 16 track marks on your arms and legs. So it wasn't just a one-time thing. And as as they're having this conversation, the guy from – the guy, the fire hydrant guy comes in, <laughs> stumbles in, and he's like, you need to, you know, you need to lock me up. You need to – you need to help me, and you need to chain me up. And then we go to commercial. When we come back, no, he chains himself up. He literally, like, there's a restraint hanging on the on the bed next to where Jacob is, and he literally, as he's talking, <laughs> um, restrains himself. And Mary's like, um, what the hell? When we come back from commercial, Alice is in her new secret lair, I guess, which is the abandoned subway car. Um, and she's looking for something, and she finds a box, and she takes out a pair of keys. As she goes to leave, Ocean shows up. Can we talk up. about the music in this scene for one second? Maybe. The, the music in this scene bothered me because it sounded like a vibrating cell phone. Thank you! Yes, I couldn't remember if it was this scene or not. I had this I had this episode on at the, at my work pretty much all day, so I could watch it. Like, I could watch it here and there when I could to, like, because I wouldn't get the chance to, like, sit down twice to watch it like I normally do. I watched it Sunday night, and then – so I had it on all day for, like, eight hours at the store. And every time this scene came up, I'm like, where the hell is my phone? Was, Why is my phone was, going off? It was in every scene. It was in this scene and every scene after this when yeah, it came to them. It was yeah. – I you know why? It was it was to show you like they're a horrible couple. We'll discuss all that later. But it was driving me batshit. I kept thinking I kept <laughs> thinking <laughs> there was a phone in the box. Yeah. I was like I'm sa- I'm like why is my phone going off? And I was like why is my phone on vibrate? Like usually after I wake up in the morning I put it on I put it on volume. I'm like why is my phone on vibrate? <sighs> so. Ocean shows up, kisses Alice. Alice kind of like hits him in the midsection, and he's like, "Oh wow, I got shot! Don't do that." And she's like, "Look, I have other stuff I need to take care of. That's much more important than you." I I, I did kind of side eye the fact that Ocean was just kind of like chilling in an abandoned subway car waiting for her. And, like, clearly she's busy, and he tries to go in for, like, a hookup, and I'm like, dude, this is so not the time. 
he's just horny is the thing like well i like, do come believe on, that Ocean. he i do believe that he loves her but like uh the way we're gonna he, the way he's expressing that love is a bit problematic. We're gonna we're gonna get to whether or not he loves her in a minute. Where from there we go to uh, Mary's Mary's uh, totally legitimate medical facility, and the guy is the guy is now like restrained in telling telling um, Mary and Jacob. What's going on? He's like, you know, it was blue. It should have been this color, but I didn't care. I just wanted to see her again. His dead girlfriend or wife that died in a car accident. And he's like, but now I want to eat people's brains because that's a thing that happens, right? And is is this the scene where Mary asks him if he took anything other than snake bite? And she's looking at his lab work because she had a really funny line here that's hilarious. If this is the scene, I think it is. Oh, the line of um, a Latin exam from hell or something? Yes. Yeah, a Latin midterm from hell. Uh, it. Uh, let's see. I don't think so. I think that's a little bit later because we'll go back. We go back to them uh, as the as the outbreak of people like injured people start rolling in. But yeah, it is. She's she has the pad in front of her and she's like she's like, All right, you took snake bite and what the hell else? And that's when he tells her like, you know, they must have changed something. From there we go to the jail cell with Sophie, Ryan and Luke. And random in guy. Which they're all <laughs> No, he's not there yet. Oh, random guys out there yet? Okay. He's no, I believe he comes in at the end of the scene. Um, and Sophie tells Ryan, like, look, you know, this is the reason I joined the Crows is because I know it's a flawed system, but it's but I believe that I can change it from the inside easier than I can from the outside. And she's telling Ryan, like, you know, I think it's really important that little girls, little girls of color, especially black girls, see a cop or a crow who's black helping them show them that they can do what they, you know, whatever they want. You know, they can go to, they can go into the military. They can become a cop. They can do whatever they want. And Ryan's like, look, I, I understand. And I'm happy that, you know, and, and, you know, that's a very admirable goal. And so he's like, look, you know, you can be Ryan and you can be Batwoman. But I'm Sophie, you know, whether I'm in a crow outfit or not, I'm still Sophie 24 hours a day. And Side note, when, do we think mentioning that she's Batwoman in a jail cell? I've given, I've given up on this. <laughs> I've, I've commented on it before, and I'm, I'm not commenting it on it again. <laughs> yes, she, like, like at least, at least, Sophie like drops her voice when she says it. But yes, they've. Like how the entire city doesn't know anybody's secret in this show is beyond me. <laughs> and and Luke, um, you know, Luke comes in and tries to talk to her and like, look, you know, we all, you know, we all grew up in different ways, but we've all had to deal with the same things, you know. And Luke's just trying to get her to realize, like her, her mechanism of always like being. 
being aggressive and having an attitude about it isn't necessarily right. It's not the I mean, best as, way to handle but, every situation. Right. As they're having this conversation, this white guy comes in and is being put into the jail cell for presumably stealing or trying to steal a car. And his defense is, if I was going to steal a car, would it, would it really be a station wagon? <laughs> Which, I mean, okay, that's what like. That's one of the better defenses I've heard because he's literally like, look, if I'm going to steal a car, it's going to be a car that's worth a damn. <laughs> and he's like, man, they're always trying to keep us down. And that was just that that <laughs> kind of made me cringe. That particular line. I was like, oh, oh, I mean, no, it, it's 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 funny because it's something that would happen like in a jail cell. Like, oh, totally. Like. Like it's there, to, it's there for levity, and I I get why you would say like like it made you cringe, but at the same time I'm like the show I knows. Was, I like, think it was how, supposed to make me sh- cringe, but it definitely achieved its goal. I think the show, I think it was there to kind of show like the absurdity of people trying to use that as an excuse when they're white. Yeah. Um. So we before we go to commercial, we have another scene with. Um, snakebite users and the cops getting getting out of hand with uh with the zombies to the point where they decide to light up the bat signal and we we go to commercial with hearing over the intercom that they've that they lit up the bat signal and Ryan hears it on the desk of the police officer in the jail cell and she's stuck as in jail Ryan's, and can't respond yeah, as Ryan's um pacing up and down. When we come back from commercial, the police officer is like, man, where's Batwoman? And just as Ryan's like, we need to get out of here, in comes Imani, and she's like, all right, guys, you're free to go. We have our lawyers here serving three accounts of false arrest, um, discrimination, yeah. and, Filing and other for, stuff. Was, yeah. That was, that was cool. I, I'm kind of, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's good. And I do like, like, after she says it like that, the car thief is like, yeah, stick it to the man. <laughs> but I do find it odd that there was nobody in the holdup aside from the cops when Sophie was there. So how does Amani know Sophie got arrested? Because she's, you know, she's like, she definitely says, like, all three of you. Any chance that. Amani was Sophie's one phone call before she got into the jail cell? Maybe. Or when Sophie got there, for some reason, Ryan's like, maybe we should try calling Amani. Look, why but we also, didn't do that too, before. fast forwarding a little bit, the Crows knew that Sophie got arrested, so it might have just been out on the mm. internet. So because, from there we go back to the... Um, the the asshole crow whose name you I, you call tartar sauce, he, he yeah. made a point of getting in her face about the arrest. So obviously the arrest is public knowledge. I mean, it would make sense that the crows know. But also, if if the cops bring in a crow, it's going to make the news. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, we go back to the clinic where we have people coming in um, from injuries because of the because of the zombies. Jacob is helping Mary patch up the wounded, and he talks about how you know, he he did it for 20 years in the military. Sophie, um, Luke eh, finally gets a hold of Mary, or Mary actually gets a hold of Luke, and she's like, you know, <laughs> there's a zombie apocalypse going on, and that you you choose that one time to 
to shut off your phone? And he's like, no, but we we have way too many other things to worry about now. Yeah. Well, and she kind of carries like, like well, story. this is what's going on. Yeah, this is what's going on. Snakebite does this. For some reason, it's doing, you know, she goes through all this medical jargon of why basically, they're craving she's, Basically, brain. she's saying they want, they're craving memories. It's, instead of reliving their memories, they're craving memories like food. And because of a, a misfire in the brain, it's translating into, I must eat brains. Yeah. Basically. So she's like, I have an idea. I have an idea on how to fix this. We go from there to Crow headquarters, where Sophie comes walking in and is like, "All right, we need to do stuff. You know, all of the all of the zombie attacks are are right around this four sector area, right around the Presbyterian. So we're gonna go, and we need to help these people and." And Tavaroft says, well, that's outside of our jurisdiction. And she's like, I don't give a fuck if it's outside of my jurisdiction. Like, we're going to go. We're going to help these people. And he's like, well, is this is this from the commander? And she's like, he's not answering his cell phone. And he's like, so he doesn't even know you've been arrested. And he's like, you know, don't you think you should have taken the day off to at least wash out the jailhouse stink? And Sophie's like, well. I am acting commander, as in your boss, so you're going to do whatever the hell I say. Do you really want to really test me test right me. now? Yeah. And he's like, all right, let's go kick some zombie-ass boys. They go off, and we go to the Batcave with Ryan in the suit, and Luke's like, all right, this is the drug. You know, Mary said we need this drug. We inject them with it, and or we give this drug to them, and it'll it'll push out the snake bite and they'll go back to normal and she's like so how are we gonna how are we gonna dose them all at once and luke's like at once question mark <laughs> she's like is a, that is a gas gun right and he opens up the briefcase and it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of uh, hypodermic needles and he's like nope you have to uh you gotta get down and dirty and each of them individually yep which I find is weird. Like you're telling me Batman didn't have a a gun to shoot vials of of antidote at people. Like he's used to a Joker attack and a fear toxin attack. Like Batman's got a gun for this. Um, give them an excuse no, for a does. kick-ass like, action scene. Yeah, I guess so. But still. So we come back from commercial and Ocean is taking down Enigma from the ceiling. And she's like, well, did you, you know, did you bring something? And Alice is like, yep, I brought her motorcycle keys. She was like, she was like, I, you know, I was the one to walk first, talk first, have a training bar. But when it came to bikes, Kate, you know, was the first one. She loved her stupid motorcycle. Enigma asked, like, you know, what feeling does it provoke? And she's like, freedom. And the cool Kate thing is when I was watching this, five seconds before she said freedom, I said freedom. It was like it's got it's got to signify freedom, and it was. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, she was like, you know, she rode her bike to free her from, you know, free her from the burden of having to save her irredeemable sister, to free her from the grip of her overbearing father, just to be free. And she's like, well, that's a that could work. It's a good start. And she's like, start. 
And Enigma says, you know, when people normally come to me, it's, you know, people who have dementia or Alzheimer's and they want their they want their people, they want their loved ones to have their memories back. But when their memories come back, so does their painful memories. So you wouldn't just be getting back the sister that you want. You'd also be getting this back the sister that wants to lock you up in Arkham. But all Alice really cares about is if it works. And Enigma says, yes, as long as she has the password. I believe she said trigger word. Yeah. And she's like, wait, what trigger word? What what trigger word? And she's like, and Enigma tells her, well, you know, this will, the item will, the keys will help her remember who she is in her heart. But unlocking her brain is like decrypting a computer. And to do that, you need the password. As Alice asks her what it is, Ocean walks up and snaps Enigma's neck. And this is the moment where I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I was all on board this ship until this moment. I will be accepting apologies from everyone. You can email us at (laughs) BatwomanTVTalk. You can tweet at us at BatwomanTVTalk. I will accept apologies because I am not going to say I don't like saying how much I was right and everyone else was wrong. No, well, what exactly do you think I, you were right, right about, sir? That Ocean is is was just trying to get laid. No, 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 no. He was we're, just trying to get laid. If he was just trying to get laid and he didn't actually care about Alice in his own twisted way, he never would have done this. If all that if all of this was about was sex, then her getting so, Kate, then her getting Kate back wouldn't matter. In his twisted mind, her getting Kate back means she he loses her. He doesn't want to lose her, so he has to make sure he doesn't get she doesn't get Kate back. I don't believe that is a sound logic that he's working with there. I think he is completely off of his rocker, and it's problematic and all kinds of toxic and wrong. But it's it's how he's choosing to express his love counterpoint i don't care what ocean actually says i think this is all a ploy to what end this is this is sophia getting back at alice okay because i could actually see that ocean mysteriously showed up because he was on a mission from sophia that we never find like we never find out anything more about and then he stopped in to see Enigma because that's who Sophia said to go to if he needed help. And then his mission could and, have been Alice the entire time. You may not act. I mean, your hatred of Ocean aside, you may not actually be far off base. Yeah. So his his I believe his mission from Sophia is, is to, to ruin get Alice. close to Alice get close to Alice and emotionally ruin her because that would be worse than death. Like to get Alice to admit to having emotions and feeling feelings and then actively like actively like doing things to hurt her. Yeah. Like like killing Enigma before Enigma could tell her how to get Kate back. And remember the last time we saw Ocean before he mysteriously popped up, um, Sophia was telling him, that Alice killed him well, not knowing he was going to come back. So 
it's very plausible that your theory right. is correct. Right. From there, we go into the church where we have Batwoman saying she's going to kick their booties because, mm. she can't because they're in the a church. church. No, you can't. And so we have a fight scene. Uh, we have a fight scene which uh, includes the zombies getting the drop on Batwoman and Batwoman going to like grapple gun out of a horde of zombies only for one of the zombies to grab her leg and stop her from grappling. Stop her, yeah. Stopping her from grappling away, which is great. Like I, it doesn't, it doesn't happen often enough when people use a grappling gun where someone's just like, if I hold your leg, you can't go anywhere. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it you know, for a zombie, that's a pretty smart play. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, then is this when the crows show up? Yeah. So Ryan gets thrown across the Ryan gets thrown across the thing. A zombie comes charging at her. She stabs him with the vaccine, with a hypodermic needle, and then he all falls to the falls to the ground after getting shot a few times in the back. And we just see a bunch of bullets coming in, and Ryan goes hiding under a pew. We pan over and we have a line of crows just shooting everybody in the church. No warning, no announcement. You know, we didn't even know that, you know, the only real reason, the only real way you know they might be there or they're coming is if you look when Ryan gets into the church and some of the action is starting. If you look in the background, you see a bunch of um, you see like a bunch of lights go on and off the wall, kind of like flashlights going up and down. Not necessarily like not necessarily like alarm or like police lights, but like if you were running with flashlights, how like the shadow cast up on you will go up and yeah. down. Like you see that on the back walls briefly right before the crows open fire. And Sophie's listening to this like, why am I hearing gunshots? Yep. Like what the hell's going on? And and Tavaroff just says, you know, they were a lost cause and tells his guys to round up the, you know, snake bites there and to wrap it up. We go over to the clinic and Mary thanks Jacob for for helping her. And he's like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get through all of this today if you weren't here. And I then, love she asked, then she asked Jacob, you know, took snake bite to see Kate and Alice again, didn't you? Kate and Beth, and, she said. Or, did she say Kate and Beth? All right. Well, yeah. Kate and Beth. And he's like, yes. And she's like, you know, you, you know, you did it so you could have a do-over. And she's like, well, do you want me to feel sorry for you? Because I lost the same people you did. You know, I have the same pain, but I'm not trying to escape it. I'm trying to I'm work trying through to, it. Yeah, I'm trying to learn to live with it and work through it. And I'm dumb enough to think that you would do the same thing for me. And so she kind of she kind of guilt trips them. She's like, look, you know, justifiably two daughters. Yeah. Like you lost your two wives. Yes, that's sad. You lost your two daughters. I get that. But I'm still here and you're in danger of losing the one daughter that's still alive. And as as their little emotional moment is coming to an end, the hydrant guy from the beginning of the episode uh, has chewed his way out of the restraint. And goes running out of the clinic. He goes running down the street. And 
he gets he kind of sees this alley of homeless people and he's kind of going through looking for something to eat and as he's kind of causing a ruckus we see the cop from the holdup show up and you know kind of he calls it in he's like look i have one of them in the alley ask the guy to put his hands in the air he has the gun he has the gun trained on him the guy puts up his gun uh his hands the cop puts the gun away and tells him, you know, easy, we'll get you some help. The guy pushes the cop to the ground, overpowers him, goes to bite him in the back of the neck, and Batwoman comes out of nowhere with a hypodermic needle and sticks him. The cop gets up and, you know, was like, oh, that was way too close. Thank God you were here. And she's like, well, you're lucky. I almost didn't make it. That was the cop who arrested her too, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. That was the one from the holdup. Um so she goes grappling off. Now I have there are two scenes I'm gonna have an issue with. This is the first one. And reason I have the issue, like I get the point of like Batwoman saving him and it's like the it's like the twist of like, hey, I don't you know, you were gonna be dead because of who you were because you put me in jail earlier. However, because this guy is white, the cop put away his gun. You know, yeah. the guy clearly the guy clearly wasn't armed, but and he had his hands up. So in theory, the cop was doing like what he should have done. He put away the gun and he was going to restrain him. But to me, this also like you could look at this from a completely cockeyed point of view and be like, well, see, the cop should have shot him. Yeah, and if that had been, and I'm just gonna if if he had if not it been was white, a, if Right. If he would if have he shot had not him. been white, he would have been shot. And you right. could see all episode because even in the episode when the cop was dealing with him earlier, like because that guy was white, he kept getting special treatment all episode. It was driving me nuts. And I get that was the point. They were trying to show the dichotomy and the difference. But right. it was definitely But right. But like for someone who's looking for a reason to justify police abuse, you could look at that scene and be like, well, see, if he would have shot him, that wouldn't have happened. So I, you know, I get the reason the scene is there. But at the same time, like you could it could easily get extrapolated badly upon. Yeah, well, I, and again, I that's just, it's just because. If you're going to look at it that way, it, there's almost no saving you anyway. So, yeah. but I just I wanted to make that. An, I didn't have an issue with that particular scene. I think your second scene that you had an issue with is probably the issue, scene that I had an issue with, but we'll see. Yeah. So from there, we go to the we go to the holdup. Ryan, Ryan, Sophie, and Luke are all having a drink, kind of decompressing after the day they've had. Um, Sophie says she's quitting the crows. And Ryan's like, well, we need you on the good we need you on the good guys anyway. Yeah, I like that this episode has, for the most part, deaded the issues between Ryan and Sophie. Like it feels like hopefully I I refuse to be optimistic until I see like a couple episodes. Well, that's fine. I'm always the more optimistic one just in general. So I will happily take that mantle here. Um, it, It seems like we're headed in that direction, which thank you. Because, like we said last week, we are tired of Ryan's attitude towards Sophie. So to finally see her soften was like, oh, thank God. And then we get back to Enigma's office where people just die all the time, apparently. (laughs) 
Alice is kind of shaking hers to try and, you know, you know, she wants her to be alive. And then we get the scene where Ocean's like, well, you know, when you were, you know, when you were in a cell and, you know, you saw Kate for the first time afterwards, that she recognized it was you, even though you had a different personality like you did with her. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, if you get her back, she's just going to put you in prison. And I don't want that because I love you. It's all lies. It's all lies. And again, you can I'm I'm willing to accept apologies because I saw him for what he was originally. I did not see this problematic twist coming. That's because you were fooled by a big butt and a smile. And like Belle Viv DeVoe said, never trust it. I didn't see this coming, and when it happened, I really didn't like it. And then when he tried to say he did it for her own good, I'm like, dude, nope. no, that's, like Lim- that's not how this works. Like Limp Biscuit said, he did it all for the nookie. See, I, I think in his twisted mind, it does go deeper than the sex, because if it was just about sex for him, he wouldn't care about losing her. Well, no, but the deeper part is he's, he's doing it because Sophia wants him to destroy Alice. Right. We go back to the holdup, and now Ryan is having drinks with Amani, and Amani's like, you're great, you're beautiful, you're trustworthy, you're honest. Oh, we we should probably backtrack before we cover this scene, because there was one part of the Ryan-Luke scene in the holdup in the beginning part of the episode that we didn't cover. When, um, When he said that she needed to get better at lying, he also said... Like, you have to either get better at lying or decide to show Amani who you really are. So, and that's going to play, that is, like, she's only showing Amani half of herself. So that's going to play into the scene we're about to cover, which we didn't talk about before. So yeah. I just wanted to bring it up. So she's like, well, I'm not completely honest. And Amani's like, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> she's like, I was surprised when when my phone went off and then your name was on the cell and Ryan's like, you know, I've been giving you the watered down version of me. You deserve way better. I'm sorry. And Hermione's like, well, are you CIA or are you just dating like 14 women? Cause I would really rather it be CIA. And Ryan's like, no, it's neither, but feel free to keep guessing. And yeah, I, I, I thought that was cute. Yeah. So we go, Luke is walking out, to his uber and he's talking to mary on the phone asking if she needed an extra hand and mary's like oh ha 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 and as they're talking they're planning to meet up for drinks and we see eli from the holding cell who's stealing a car i had bad mojo from this scene from the beginning i didn't think it was going to go where it went but i do want to say where i thought it was going to go um I don't know if you've ever watched the show Degrassi, The Next Generation, but there was a character named JT who was killed by like a guy was he wasn't stealing a car. He was urinating in front of it at the time or trying to steal it. I don't quite remember. But I thought the guy that was carjacking the car was about to stab Luke and Mm. kill him in, in a way that was very similar to something that happened on Degrassi, The Next Generation. And if anybody who had any of our listeners has watched that show you'll know exactly what i mean but i was not 
I was already getting bad vibes when this scene started, and then it just went way left. Yeah. Um. So Luke's like, I'll give you know, I'll call you back. He takes a picture of the guy trying to trying to break into the car, and he's like, Eli, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I, who are you? And he's like, from the jail cell, remember? Power to the people. <laughs> and he, he's like, oh, get out of here. I don't need the heat. And he's like, I'm not going to let you steal this car. As they're having this argument, Tar- Tavaroff shows up. Uh. And then the uh, then Eli is like, oh, thank God you're here, sir. This guy was trying, you know, this guy here was trying to steal the car. And Luke's like, I was not. He, you, you were trying to steal the car. And Luke reaches into his pocket to grab his phone to show the picture. And not when he puts his hand in his pocket. After he fully takes his hand out of his pocket, and you can clearly see it's a cell phone, Tavaroff shouts, gun, and shoots Luke three times. Ugh. And that's that's where the episode kind of ends. Like, Luke, okay. we go into a slow-mo, I... Luke drops to the ground, the phone drops, and, and we slowly go off to the end of the episode. I watched, the, I watched this last night in anticipation of us recording, thinking that we were recording last night. Um, and then this happened, and I started screaming at my computer on a loop, what the hell are they doing? They could not have just done this. And then I immediately messaged you, but oh my god, did. oh my god, I so wish we were podcasting right now. So I've had yeah. to hold this in for 24 hours, but oh my god, this pissed me off so much. Because... Okay. I mean, I'm. I think that's why. I think that was the point of the scene. No, but it like, I don't think you're supposed I mean, to be happy. No, no, no. I don't mean. I. I mean, the, the fact that they chose to do this pissed me off, and not in a in in a way where we should be pissed off because we should be pissed off that it happened. I'm pissed off the show chose to do it to do this because, like I said, I think I, I mentioned to you in DM that I had heard that the CW was requesting slash requiring that all of their shows address black lives matter and in in some way shape or form in in all of their shows across the network okay fine and in a way they they've managed to do that organically by showing the issues with the police and people of color which they did through a majority of this episode this particular moment felt extra it felt unnecessary it felt like they were literally just doing it for shock value. Um, and and, I, if he, I can, and if he does die, if he doesn't make it, and this is how they choose to kill him off, it just, it's not, why? Why would you do this? Why would you choose to do it in this manner? I don't understand. Uh, all right. I, I can... I get your I get your frustration and the anger and I will I'm going to play devil's advocate um uh, I mean for the sake of conversation for the most part but so I think I think the scene was organic in the fact of like we we've, we've seen Tavaroft over the past few weeks like steadily overreach his authority and I think this is like the culmination moment 
and this is like the moment where he go like I think this is the moment where he goes too far and now that's going to force a reckoning from Jacob and the crows and and you know we're going to have to wait 3 weeks to see what happens um Which we get a that little glimpse of that in, yeah we get a little glimpse of that in the trailer for the next episode but that taking that aside I will say that the reason I don't like this scene isn't isn't for the same reasons you don't like you know if Luke dies like if if Luke were to die and by all accounts like from what we've seen of the next episode it looks like he he's alive but we don't know like we just see him on a gurney uh getting rolled into an ambulance but what the reason i dislike this scene is just because out of everything we've learned in this episode and out of everything luke has said and done and luke's like you know it they you know taught me to keep my head down you know growing up around rich white people taught me to keep mm. my head down and, and he escalate like like luke should have known not to like luke's character and i don't mean like i don't mean like luke shouldn't have reached for his phone i'm saying luke luke's should have character let the guy steal the car of no 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 like luke getting luke trying to stop the guy is what luke would do but Luke's character, I don't think, reaches for his phone, especially after this entire episode of him always trying to de-escalate. The only reason, and I'm gonna, I'm interested to see if this is, if this creeps into the mind of any other character, because I don't know if it, like, again, without knowing what happens to Luke, I don't know if it'll be addressed. I'm wondering if reaching for his phone, kind of doing this thing out of character is is ryan's influence oh like in like instead of luke just standing there getting arrested and then trying to explain like i obviously wasn't stealing that car check the car my prints are nowhere on there my prints are not on the on the on the crowbar that was used to pry open the the door no obviously if luke goes to if they bring in luke for trying to steal the car it's never gonna stick like he's gonna get there jacob be like no i know who this guy is get get the hell out of here um but luke is trying like it's almost like luke is luke is pushing back against the notion that he could be a car thief and while it's still like it's much more it's much more dialed down than like the pushback ryan would give i think it's still out of character for luke to do it and I'm wondering if Ryan will look at that and be like, you know, was I an influence in this and what happened? I didn't even think of that. I I was too angry to even be like the choice to even do this to one of your main characters is in this in this climate just seems like such a choice. Like, especially when you I don't think, when you don't I, have to. Yeah. I think if you're going to do this, if this is if this is what you wanted to do, like if this is if this is the problem you wanted to shine a light on and I applaud him for for wanting to shine a light on it. If this is what you've chosen to do, I think it needs to be a main character. It can't just be a character you brought in just to do this. It won't have the emotional resonance or impact. Okay, and it'll look I, I a little can... bit too. 
it'll look a little too forced. Like like I said, had we've kind of had like the the warning signs of what he was capable of since we've since we've found you know since we've come across this new character. Like Sophie you know, said it when when they said he was going to lead the task force to help find Angelique and take down Black Mask. Like so, like Sophie saw this kind of thing coming. And here's here's another thing too. I think it also leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it's coming off of everything else that happened within the episode. Like it felt like they already quote unquote addressed the issue within the episode that this wasn't really necessary. If this was how they wanted to address the issue, fine. Okay, that in itself is a choice. But if that's the choice you're making, then this episode should not have been about that. Next episode should be which it is, but the arrest should, I don't think the, this episode should have been focused on their arrest. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I understand what you're saying. And again, like I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely understand. And I can, I'm the way you feel is, is very valid. I would say though, this episode, we got it from, we got, the point of view from the three main characters of what it's like for this thing to happen to you and now we're going to get the flip side of the coin like we're going to get the like the point of view from the other side so i think that's where i think that's what we're going to get next now i'm hoping and it's it's one of those things like you want i'm glad they're trying to tackle these issues but at the same time like i I want them to try and tackle these issues, but in the same way, like I want everything to be okay afterwards. Like I yeah, want the like, right thing I, to happen, even though it doesn't happen necessarily in real life. Like I want to like so in the, actually in the trailer we see Jacob asking. Go ahead. He was asking for the body cam footage, but I was legit legit surprised that in the promo we saw him on a, on a stretcher breathing because he was shot three times in the chest, point blank range. I literally thought he was dead on the ground. Uh, I did too. So seeing him on the stretcher, I'm like, all right, maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't kill him off. Um, so again, we have no idea what's going to happen with Luke. It looks like he's alive, but all we know from the trailer is he's on a stretcher. He's still breathing. Um, Jacob has Tadaroff in front of him, and he's like, I need to see the body cam footage. And we can only assume he means the Luke body cam footage. Like, we don't necessarily know if he means the body cam footage from maybe. from the uh, from the no, church. I like, th- maybe he doesn't know what's going on. No, I, I think he means, I, I, I honestly think he means um, him. The one I agree. Right. Like, I, that's what I think, too. But we don't know if that is the footage Jacob wants to see or the church. Because obviously Sophie would have – if Sophie's going in to quit the Crows, she's going to talk to Jacob, and he's going to be like, why are you quitting? And she's going to tell him what happened with Tartaroff. So maybe like maybe this is before he finds out about this. Like Again, there we have three weeks of not knowing anything about the next episode other than like the 30-second trailer. That was at the end of this episode. I also and, take comfort in the fact that he's done like no press. Well, no, they're not going to if it's supposed to be a is he or is he not dead? You'll get that press after the next episode. Like when they like when they recast 
when they when they cast Wallace Day as Kate Kane, there was no press until that episode aired. Oh, that's true. So this show has been pretty good at keeping things a secret. And I would say that this show isn't running long enough. Um i.e. like this isn't the flash or arrow where like if a main character was leaving they would announce it ahead of time because it's only been on for two seasons um and especially if they're going to do it this way they you know obviously then it was you know it's supposed to be a shock so you're not gonna you're not gonna say anything ahead of time so i mean i think he's gonna be fine i think he'll live i think He'll live. I don't know if he'll still be on the show either way, and I don't know like what the long-term effects are to the character, but I think he's going to live. He better live, because I, like I said, it just leaves a very bad taste in my mouth to do this. I feel bad that he even had to act this. Like, it's just, there, there's, there's a lot of levels to this that I just, I really didn't like. I am, I am, I am not going to put words in anybody's mouth. I am willing, I, in my mind, again, this is my mind because I am, I, I want things, like, I want people to do the right thing, ultimately, and I want, I want to be in a world where this, like, where people are genuinely nice to each other, you know, I'm, I'm a curmudgeon, I fully embrace this, but ultimately, like, if I saw, like, I dislike John Cryer as Lex Luthor, if I saw John Cryer on the street, I wouldn't, like, go up and slap him, or spit on him, or boo him, you know, you know, I will say, you know, it's whatever, like, I'm not actively, you know, nasty to people, um, I can, I can delineate, I would really like to think and believe that when writers came up with this idea, they ran it by him, and if he didn't want to do it, I think they would have, they would have found something else. I hope so. I hope there was some kind of a conversation prior to this like because it, I would not like I I would be horrified if the way he found out was reading the script. There's no way that happened. No, no. There's no way like he like there's no way they handed him this script and was like and just all kind of sat there watching him read it. Like there's no way like. They came up with this idea, and there was at least a conversation of – I want to say the conversation was, this is what we have in mind. Is you know What are your thoughts, and is this something you feel comfortable doing? Now, it could have just been, hey, this is what we're going to do, but we're telling you ahead of time. Either way, I want to say he, he knew ahead of time. Um, I hope but to as God far that as, that's true. And I yeah, hope as far that- as like input, like, you know, if they decided they weren't going to bring him back next season and they were like, we're going to write off an exit for you, you know, I, you know, maybe they discussed how they do it. I don't know. Uh, I want to like once we're past once we resolved what's going to happen with Luke, I would really like to hear from uh, from Cam about like the discussions prior to this episode. Yeah, what this was like, or just yeah, uh, I would really like I would really like to know. Like, but I also like I understand right now not doing press. Like I understand oh, where, where we still don't know what's going on. Once it's kind of resolved, like if it turns out he's leaving the show, 
whether voluntarily or involuntarily, I would like to see like then I would like a press like how did this idea come up? Was it best your, case you know, scenario it, 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 if this them. was his cho- best case scenario if this was his choice if this exit was his choice I would hope that he wanted an exit that mattered and that this was sort of a collaborative effort. That's and my that, yeah easily be it. Um, I you know I was thinking about this and. I okay. I have a theory, and the theory is not going to sound great. Okay. Uh, and by that, I mean by that, I well, all right. I'm going to say the theory, and we're gonna we're gonna go from there. If Luke's not on the show anymore, that gives Kate a place on the team without being Batwoman. Oh God, the optics of that are terrible. I I fully agree, and that's what I said. Like I uh, like Unless... it is a horrible it is a horrible thing. But like in so in the comics in Batman comics, not necessarily Batwoman, in Batman comics, there is a character Batman Beyond. There was a it, it was first an animated show that took place in the future where Bruce was too old to be Batman anymore. So this young kid came along that he groomed to become to take on the mantle of Batman, and he stayed in the cave on the comm. Like Bruce stayed in the cave on the comms, helping him out, giving him like knowledge and like doing Luke stuff essentially. If and you're going to bring in Kate and you're going to keep Kate around and not as Batwoman, she needs something to do. Yeah, Having and, and, and my thought is, process is, is kind of even many. worse than yours. Because I thought that they would move Ryan into that and make her Batwoman again. Kate, I mean. Oh, I now to be fair, I hope Kate. You know, I I like Ryan. I don't want the character of Ryan to go away. I want Kate Kane as Batwoman because that's my Batwoman. Like that's the that's the Batwoman right. I grew I read in the comics. You know, I don't mind. If Kate's not on the show and we have Ryan as Batwoman, okay, that's fine. But in a in a show that both Kate Kane and Ryan are on, I want Kate Kane to be Batwoman. Now, if that means you give Ryan another identity, or they or they transition her to the Luke role, I don't know. But we also now have essentially Sophie, who said she's not going to be in the Crows anymore. Now, who knows when when Jacob comes back. And now that Jacob is kind of there again, like if he's off the snake bite and he's kind of paying attention again, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe his changes kind of, kind of make Sophie rethink her decision. But if not, we also now need a role for, yeah, like now we also need a role for Sophie on the team. So like this team doesn't have a lot of, this team doesn't have a lot of roles. Please don't and make t- right don't, now, please don't make the bat team team arrow where there's like seven heroes that all essentially do the same thing. Right. All we need is Batwoman and Felicity. Like get everybody else off the show, bring back Felicity because that's what we really want. I completely understand and I agree with you. Uh, well, I would love to see Felicity and Batwoman. I'm not I'm not even going to front on that cuz I love Felicity. I picture myself as Felicity honestly 
because I love her that much, but that's not the point of this conversation. <laughs> so that is the end of the episode. Um, I think we've pretty much given our given our thoughts. Um, we are off for apparently three weeks. How rude of them, uh, honestly. Like, seriously. I, like, How I understand, it? like, that's what you do in TV, but still, like... I was expecting to get next... I, I wasn't expecting... I was expecting an episode this week, or this coming Sunday, and then I was expecting to be off Memorial Day weekend and then back. This whole three-week break crap, I am here for it. I do, I do love the fact that earlier in the season, when when we hit like the halfway mark and all that stuff happened on Coriana, we were like, I am so glad like this happened, and then we had an episode the next, you know, the next week or like one week after. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a winter break sort of thing, and now they kind of do it to us here. They were just like sitting back and were like, yeah, wait they until like, they get to this episode. Just, yeah. They were probably they were probably working on and or writing this episode at that time, and they were just like, just wait till they get to here. Yeah. So, what did everyone else think of the episode? How how did you react to what happened to Luke? Um, or you know, or whatever. By all means, reach out to us. Let us know. You can get in touch with us many ways. You can get in touch with us by emailing us at batwomantvtalk at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at batwomantvtalk on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Academy Rewind on Twitter. Where can the people find you? I'm at XOTonyRoneyXO on Twitter. Um, if you are going to apologize uh, for me being right about Ocean, I will accept Dunkin' Donuts gift cards as <laughs> apologies. Um, but until then, they are shining the bat signal out in the sky, so we're going to get going, and, uh, I guess I'm just going to go to Tahiti for three weeks and, and decompress. So, we'll see you in about three weeks, everybody. Bye, everybody.